One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G'day, Dan Illich here from Irrational Fear. Well, we just had a great show. We had Christian Van Vuren, we had Madeline Stewart, we had Lewis Hobber, all in this space here at FBI Radio, and we had a fantastic show. Uh, but I lost it. Yes, I pulled the hard drive out before I was meant to, and the whole show is totally gone. But the good news is we've got a stack of content to get through, stuff that we have made earlier for the show, and I'm just going to put it together and run it for you right now. It's that easy. So before we play the hits, I'm going to let you know we do have a Melbourne Comedy Festival show. The tickets are on sale now. We're about 30%, 40% sold out, so probably in about five weeks' time when the show is on, we'll be completely sold out. So make sure you get your tickets for that. We're playing the Melbourne Town Hall on April 6th, one show only. It's a big show. We've got the ARIA award-winning comedy duo Bridie and White from Tonightly. We've got the Walkley Award-winning Patricia Carvelis, the Walkley Award-losing James Colley, he writes for The Weekly, the multiple award-winning Alice Fraser, DJ Dylan Bain were there, Lewis Hobber and I will also be there. We have been nominated for several esteemed prizes. Uh, also, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear and give us some money. The show takes a little bit to kind of um, put on the road, um, so we've got a few expenses. If you can help us... Um, do that. That'd be great. I would love a hundred of you who listen to jump on Patreon and subscribe to the three bucks a month. I promise you we'll be delivering you podcasts that exist and won't get deleted. Oh my God. I can't believe I deleted the first show back. Um, this show is recorded on Gadigal land of the Euro nation and I pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging sovereignty was never ceded. And as I would normally say, let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Come, and Section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight on A Rational Fear, as the Australian government prepares to ban cash transactions over $10,000, it leaves drug dealers with only one choice to buy and sell drugs with rolls of toilet paper instead. And the federal government has ruled out funding Australia's only dedicated bushfire research centre, claiming that there's no way to guarantee the prevention of bushfires in only marginal electorates. 
And after last year cutting $100 million from the CSIRO, the federal government generously boosted their funding by $2 million to fast-track a coronavirus vaccine. Uh, $2 million. Or to put it in a way uh, that a government minister might understand, it's about the same price as a rugby club's women's change room. Wash your hands twice and don't touch your face. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Like I said at the very top of the show, we do have a very short show for you tonight. First up, we speak with journalist Asher Wolf about what kinds of things people should really be stocking up on during this coronavirus pandemic. And from AJ+, MSNBC and the Young Turks, comedian Francesca Fiorentini gives us a taste of what young progressives are feeling like after the Joe Biden surge on Super Tuesday. Also, we've got a great sample of news fighters as they wade into the petri dish that is the coronavirus. But first up, it's 2020, and as well as a Patreon, we also have sponsors. Here's our first sponsor for Irrational Fear this year. Hello, I'm Rupert Murdoch, defender of freedom and owner of some of the world's greatest democracies. Before I was a successful mogul of many media, I started out in just one, local newspapers. Well, actually, I inherited it from my dad, but that's beside the point. Dad always used to say, television can rot your mind. So I thought that's handy, and I started Sky News. He also used to say radio doesn't have pictures, and I thought that's perfect for ugly men with beautiful things to say. He also used to tell me you can't tear the internet into strips and wipe your ass with it. Or he would have if he was alive, fucking internet. So why not get hold of a News Corp local newspaper today? We're specialists in providing two or three pages of inaccurate and poorly written local articles copied and pasted from press releases by 19-year-old kids whose dreams of being real journalists will slowly fade. Mix in 50 pages of real estate porn for houses your neighbours don't want to live in, ads for sex workers, tradies, second-hand car sales and third-hand car sales, and you've got yourself a local newspaper. Pick up a free local newspaper, dump it on the nature strip or underneath a hedge near you today. Go on, have a read. Actually, we don't care if you do, we've already been paid by the advertisers. So there. Irrational Fear. During the last taping of Irrational Fear, we did speak a lot about the crazy pandemic and panic buying that people are going through when it comes to stockpiling toilet paper. But, you know, some people have no choice to take this stuff seriously. Here is a chat I had with someone who has to do just that. Irrational Fear! Joining us now is one person who has a real reason to be cautiously pragmatic. It's journalist Asha Wolf. She suffers from Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and autoimmune progesterone anaphylaxis. She's basically allergic to her own hormones. And while she's actually a young person, even the slightest threat to her immune system is very, very real. Asha, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. As someone who, whose body is actually probably more prone to this virus than others, but being still a youngish person, how do you deal with all the jokes about missing toilet paper and things like that? Look, on one hand, there is some crazy prepping going on where people are right out there grabbing cans of, you know, long-life cheese and things like that. But on the other hand, it's very privileged to make fun of people who... Uh, 
probably are at a higher risk of being seriously ill if they catch coronavirus. So you have people who are like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's only like the 1% of people who are seriously ill who are going to die. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm one of those 1% who have low immune system issues. If I catch a general flu, I walk away feeling terrible for, for months. I'd really like not to catch coronavirus. Um, <laughs> it's a risk. It's a real risk for me. But I also didn't want to go wild, I guess you could say, with prepping. But I wanted to be cautious. The other night you put out a list on Twitter about things that folks with disabilities have to think about during this uh, oncoming crisis. What are some of those things that people with disabilities kind of need to consider? When you're a person with disabilities, um, quite often you have a very different experience of life and survival than the average person. You know, you might not have the income to order Uber Eats on a regular basis. You may be allergic to certain foods. And it becomes quite hard to eat out or, you know, order Uber Eats because, you know, even if you did have the cash to do it, then you're allergic to half of the things that get um, put in, you know, takeaway food. Um, you really do need to cook for yourself if you have certain allergies and sensitivities. So for me, it would be completely, it would be both impractical and um, potentially cause me a fed deal of pain if I was to, you know, order a noodle dish from down the street if I had to stay home. So there's a few people who I've talked to on Twitter who have said certain things are going off their shelves like crazy, like people are obviously bulk ordering. So they're called dark storerooms and they're the storerooms that are used for online orders. Things that they're really seeing flying off the shelves are nappies, formula. If you're a parent with a small toddler, quite often you find that some toddlers have certain issues with like regurgitation and they can only use certain sorts of formula. If you had a child like that and it's already difficult to find the right formula, I would be stocking up if I was a parent with a child like that. I mean, for me, it's just if things go badly wrong, I don't want to injure myself trying to trundle a trolley home. An illness and your meds are hard to, to access anyway, so Schedule 8. You may want to have a chat to your doctor about the supply chain assurance for Schedule 8 drugs because it's absolutely awful to detox off those kinds of meds at home without support just because you run out and you can't get any more. The other thing people may want to have a chat to their doctor about is if they have meds that are already hard to access. So, for instance, I take um, tranexamic acid to stop bleeding sometimes, and sometimes I take semitriptan for migraines. You only get four in a packet when it comes to semitriptan. With tranexamic acid, there was already some problems with, with supply chain. You may want to put aside a little bit extra or get an early refill of your scripts now because approximately 90% of our meds come from China and things are not shipping as per normal from China at the moment. What kind of lead time can, can people store those kinds of meds on their own in their own fridge? With Schedule 8, they won't. That's the problem. There's a thing called Safer Script, which means that you get dinged at the pharmacy if you try and take out certain meds early. So one way around it may be that doctors decide to order the script put it in their own fridge and hold it for a month for patients. Um, and then they can release it to patients when needed. But I think it would be a really terrible situation if you ended up with people who are on bup or opiates. You know, there's a range of Schedule 8 drugs there. You know, I'm fortunate not to have to use, but other people are, including palliative care patients. But if we had supply chain problems, it would make life a living hell for some people. Irrational fear! We do have orders to fill and we're doing our best to fill them. We're making as much toilet paper as possible.
Turning now to Super Tuesday. Joe Biden surged past all predictions and knocked the wind out of Bernie Sanders' sails. The most surprising thing, of was, of course, was that Mike Bloomberg didn't win anything after spending $700 billion of his own money except for American Samoa. Earlier today, I spoke with Bernie Sanders diehard and comedian Francesca Fiorentini on just how she's feeling a day after the Biden wipeout. Irrational fear! In a bunker somewhere in California is a comedian and broadcaster too scared to face the reality of what could be the return to normcore 90s politics in the USA. From AJ Plus and MSNBC and TYT, it's Francesca Fiorentini. Hello, Francesca. Hello. <laughs> now, yeah, just, yeah, all the acronyms. I love it. That's, <laughs> I assume people know what all those things mean. <laughs> it's the day after Super Tuesday in the USA right now, or, or I, as I believe you call it, Woeful Wednesday. Um, how is progressive America dealing with the news that Joe Biden could be their new daddy? <laughs> yes, it's it's Boxing Day for our hopes and dreams. <laughs> and... Um, but the Biden pill has been the Biden pill has been one that's a little bit tough to swallow mm. because, you know, he is a, a very rapid, rapidly aging, uh, cognitively rating old man. Mm. And I know that's strange to say when someone like Bernie Sanders is in the race. But, you know, Biden has like regular mental gaffes and you're kind of just like, I don't know if I want to watch this debate between Biden and Trump, which effectively is like your in-laws arguing over who's going to carve the turkey. Like, no, you got to use an electric knife. No, you know. And that, I think, is the fear that a lot of people are looking at. Like, are we really going to put our senile old man up against their senile old man? Um, And I don't know if our senile old man is going to win. Well, at least, you know, being from the left, it's a fair fight. No, and obviously it's not over yet. I mean, that's the big thing is that there's still more than half the delegates to get. Remember, in this country, for some reason, we have, and just in this party, we don't elect the nominee based on popular vote. It's just this ridiculous kind of wonky delegate math that nobody gets. And so there's still more than half the delegates. It's not over yet, of course. A lot of folks are saying that um, young people didn't turn out to vote over Super Tuesday. Why is it that young people in America don't like to vote? It's not cool and it's not on TikTok. You know, it's got to <laughs> once, and this is the thing, Bernie or Biden will have to be big on TikTok. And once they are, if they have a coordinated dance where every elbow jab also points to like where the voting station is like that's you know that that's when voting becomes cool but no i think well bernie you know, bernie is the renegade ben bernie could do the renegade he is the original renegade oh absolutely um i mean i think young folks i'm not sure about all the data that's like one article that i saw that was like young folks aren't turning out um i do think that of all the young people it's the Sanders campaign that has overwhelmingly the majority of support among young folks of all races, um, religions, ethnicities, et cetera. Mm. Um, but it is a hard moment in your life to go out and vote in a primary, right? Yeah. You're like just starting to have sex and smoke weed. You are, you're, you're maybe in college. You're like, how am I going to afford to pay for this? You, also, you, I'm yeah. learning about colonialism. Oh my God. Um, so you're like voting that feels stupid. Uh, so I think there's a lot of reasons why young people, uh, especially in a primary are like, I got, you know, better things to do. Why would I vote when there's all this sex on me? 
Yeah, I just, exactly. Get it up. <laughs> now, even though Mike Bloomberg did get in the race quite late, he spent half a billion dollars, he did win American Samoa. What do American Samoans see in Bloomberg that no one else can? Listen, I, I'm pretty sure he bought the entire island. Oh, my mistake. And this is the thing with every time there's a, you know, there's an election and we're like, wait a minute, we still have um, American Samoa? What? Like, who? what are these, like, vestiges of colonial past that for some reason the U.S. wields way too much power over and has like devastated and impoverished. And I think it is kind of sad to be totally honest with you that people aren't reaching out to American Samoa and that it was advertisement dollars mostly that reached them. But it's hard to send canvassers out there or it's hard to get, you know, canvassers there. Listen, I'm happy to be sent to American Samoa to work on the brewing <laughs> campaign. I feel like that'd be fun. I would learn how to surf and cook barbecue or something, I think. A hungy, a hungy. They think, I think they call it a hungy. It's a barbecue in a pit. Yeah, a hungy. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we will barbecue the billionaires, roast them on an open flame when Bernie Sanders gets into office. Obviously, that's what democratic socialism is about. At the, at the time of recording right now, Warren still hasn't conceded. She's still hanging in there. Why do you think that is? <sighs> yes, it's. this is a very interesting question for progressives in the U.S., um, and people, not, not just progressives, again, people who want actually something a little bit different than, than, as you said, a return to 90s politics, which is the Warren question and whether she should have dropped out sooner or not. I just want to say from the outset, like, I distinguish between her supporters, who I feel like, um, not all, but a lot of them, their hearts are in the right place. They do want, as she says, big structural change. They believe that she was the best messenger and the best vehicle and the best leader for that structural change. I think after three or four races in U.S. states where she came in third, fourth, and fifth, mm. you can't really say that anymore. You can't really claim that she's got... Uh, a plan for everything, because clearly that plan should have included winning at least one of the early states. Whoever is running her campaign and her herself, they've really been botching this. It's been hard to watch. The heel turn away from Medicare for all, the heel turn when she was swearing that she wouldn't raise the taxes of the middle class. And it's like, you know, that's a, a trick question, mm. Elizabeth. Like, you know, you were just being asked whether you were going to raise taxes on the middle class just to appeal to a conservative voter who would never even vote for you anyway, and you kind of fell for it. In the same way that you fell for a DNA test to prove that you were 0.03% Native American. She absolutely needs to drop out now, and but we'll see. You know, I, I liken it a little bit to Game of Thrones, no spoilers, but you know, the Daenerys question is like, which way is she gonna go? Hmm. How is it going to end? Is Khaleesi going to be on the side of good or on the side of burn it all down? And that would be, I think, going with Biden <laughs> and throwing the progressive movement under the bus. Irrational fear. You know and your viewers know how crazy Trump is, and they know that sane people have to work together to beat him. You can listen to the full interview of Francesca on our Patreon. Also, you can check out Francesca's work on AJ Plus's Newsbroke and MSNBC's Red, White and Hoot. Now, next week on Irrational Fear, I promise we will have a show that I won't lose. Chris Taylor will be on the show from The Chaser. Bridie Connell from Tonightly will also be here. Uh, and we're back weekly 
until our comedy festival show. So please head to our Patreon and give us a few bucks to help us make the show. It costs us a little bit of money each week to make it. A big thank you to Rupert Daygas, Peter G, Jacob Brown, FBI Radio, and our fear mongers tonight, Lewis Hobart, Christiane Van Vuren, Madeline Stewart, uh, who have all got great things on that they need to plug, including Madeline Stewart has got a, a comedy festival show of her own called The Underdogs. She's taken to the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Sydney Comedy Festival. She runs a great night called Crips and Creeps. It's um, for comedians who have got disabilities uh, and she runs that monthly at 107 Projects in Redfern. So do go check that out. We'll leave you right now with the latest News Fighters episode on coronavirus from DJ Diabolical. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of, namely pulling the USB disc out before it's fully exported. A rational fear. And I haven't touched my face in weeks. <laughs> in weeks. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Okay, so first up, it's time for an update on the coronavirus. And in New South Wales, things are getting real. The Health Minister, Brad Hazard, suggested that people stop shaking hands. I think it's time for us to uh, cease the handshaking. Uh, It would be sensible not to be handshaking. No handshaking. No handshaking? I mean, I think for Sydney siders, this will be normal for us. I mean, our traditional greeting when we encounter someone for the first time is just to yell, get out of my way! So what is the New South Wales Health Minister suggesting we do instead of shaking hands then? I would be suggesting to the community in New South Wales, and indeed more broadly afoot, that it's time that uh, Aussies actually gave each other a pat on the back. You know, like your parents never gave you. But it doesn't stop there. You could be exercising a degree of care and caution um, with, with whom you choose to, uh, to kiss. What? No more indiscriminately French kissing my mailman or my barista on a daily basis? Sorry, Corey, no more kissy-kissy for you. The New South Wales fun police have ruled it out. But New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard says there's no need to be totally alarmed. Common sense should prevail. Um, it's uh, not as if... Uh Our faces are constantly touching uh, public spaces. Yeah, except for this passionate fellow in Iran. This man is one of several who've posted videos of themselves licking a famous shrine to prove it's safe. Yeah, he was just licking that shrine to see if it was safe from the coronavirus. He wasn't uh, still high from the Mardi Gras on the weekend or anything. Meanwhile, around the world, the authorities are saying there's one simple way to protect yourself from coronavirus. Wash your hands. That's all you've got to do. We all have to be washing our hands. The single most useful thing that we can all do is to wash our hands. Washing my hands? This is Sydney. We haven't had a public toilet with soap in it since 1998. All right, how long should I wash my hands for? Two times happy birthday. Keep scrubbing until you've sung the happy birthday song twice. You know, that song your parents never sung you. To get the hand-washing message out, the World Health Organization has joined youth social media platform TikTok, normally home to lip-syncing videos and dance-offs. Here's a clip from their first video. Frequently clean your hands using an alcohol-based hand rub product like a gel or wash your hands with soap and water. Ugh, boring. WHO, you should add some rap music or some dancing at least. It's the motherfucking... The new coronavirus. Yeah, I did a bit of a troll through the old TikTok memes and it turns out there's already the perfect TikTok coronavirus meme template. It's this one for when the government tells you you have to self-isolate for 14 days, but you can't because you've never had paid sick leave in your entire life. You know, I'd, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have any fucking money. Like, like, I don't have any fucking money. And if this is making you feel doomed, 
maybe that's why people are doing this. As the virus spreads, so too does the panic buying. Bulk buying at supermarkets as shoppers stockpile food essentials and toiletries. Yes, everyone is panic buying because of the coronavirus. Or at least that's what I said when I ran into a workmate who caught me buying 10 frozen pizzas and four blocks of chocolate last night. Uh, Yeah, panic buying, coronavirus, gotta stock up. But there's no need to worry, everyone, while the Australian media keeps us up-to-date and well-informed with their smartest and brightest coronavirus experts. Well, for more on the coronavirus emergency, we're joined by Nationals MP Barnaby Joyce. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.